guys to the Marketing Your Podcast show. I believe we are here. This is the first time we are simul streaming on live on LinkedIn via Riverside.fm. And so neither of those companies are paying me, but that's okay. I'll give them a shout out because they are making this possible today. And and welcome to today's interview. And we are here with a, with a special guest, an industry expert. And I think that this topic is so relevant today for a variety of reasons. And I was just getting some feedback from one of the clients that I work with. And one of the things that they were talking about was the quality of sound. And they were talking about, you know, really some basic stuff that the show hadn't really thought about. And it was their first episode and they were new, but they were talking about lip smacks and background audio and, and just, just things that, you know, maybe someone at the beginning of their journey doesn't necessarily think about. But as you are going on your podcasting journey, the quality of your sound is just, it becomes more valuable. And when we talk about marketing your podcast, if you want people to be able to listen to more episodes, they're going to have to enjoy how it sounds. And so we have Ryan White from Road. I was going to say Road Podcasting, Road Microphones. But really, they've been a the reason I, I chose to have Ryan first, at least equipment really representative. And with all transparency, Ryan gets a paycheck from Road. And so he's going to obviously have that perspective. But we're going to talk today about all of the different um, what's out there in the microphone and talk about that. But most importantly, if you want people to enjoy your show, you got to have good sound and audio. And it's becoming more and more important and apparent for that. And so Ryan, thank you for spending some time today on the, uh, the MYP show. Well, Hector, thank you so much for having me. I uh, really appreciate it. Always love talking gear and how to improve people's quality and so forth like that. I'm always working on it myself. We got to keep moving forward every single day. So glad to be here. So catch us up a little bit. And, you know, we talked a little bit before, maybe a few weeks ago, and I was one of the reasons that I reached out was I was not happy with the way that my podcast was sounding. I was doing so much in post production and editing, and it just was not sound. I, I just was not sounding the way that I wanted it to. And granted, at the time, I lived by a freeway. I have screaming kids most hours of the day, and but I also had a five year old uh, microphone and. Ryan and I had talked about some options and, you know, I had heard about Rode through a previous guest who, Chris Doe, who recommended them to me and knew that I just had to, to look into it and see what all the fuss was about. And I have to tell you that my wife, after the first episode I recorded with the, uh, the Rode pod mic, I want to make sure I get it right, uh, the Rode pod mic, my wife said to me, she said to me, she's like, it sounds so much better. Like, you know, did you do something? And it's like, you know, it was that microphone we just bought. So, Isn't it so gratifying uh, when she, the missus like stops you and just goes like, hey, you upgraded something. It's like just a bit of <laughs> confirmation that you did something, you know? Exactly. So Ryan, catch us up on, on you are, if I can say that, and I don't think that you'll be uh, offended, that you are a equipment geek. You are, you are the nerd who knows the ins and outs of all, of all the mics and you know the specs and you, you know, for road, you are the US product specialist. So this is kind of like what you do. But I, what I'd love before we get into that is to catch us up on how you became this guy. You know, I'd imagine that this is, has been a, a longer journey, you know, or kind of a, a kind of a few stops on the road. So catch us up on kind of what have been those stops and, and how you landed here with road. I oh, love it. And it's a heck of a story. And uh, when you look back, you're like, how the heck did all that happen? <laughs> you know, um, I just have to say that it's, it's so much about relationships and doing what you can to not burn bridges. Don't, don't get taken advantage of. I always talk about that because there's definitely been some of that in my life, but you should be making connections. And then I'd always make the joke in my classes that I'm, I was good enough to not get fired. So, you know, there's a little bit of that too. Some luck, uh, very much some skill, knowledge, and then 
all connections. Just got to know the person to get you into the door and things like that. Just to go a long way. But I won't bore you too much about the path, but I'm a Kansas City boy, Kansas City native, and uh, started uh, in audio and theater in high school. And and uh, I dated the right girl at the right time. Her mom got me an audio job at the major arena in Kansas City called Kemper Arena. Just It was, hey, you you do audio. I did audio for three years in theater, kind of said, hey, I want to do audio. And she remembered it for whatever reason and uh, did the interview. I had that job for about three and a half years before I ever even went to school for it. Technically, I mean, self-taught through and through just just pure energy. And then, like I said, just good enough to not get fired for those three and a half years, I guess. And uh, moved to Arizona to go to the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences out in Phoenix, Arizona, when I was uh, once that that job kind of got a little political talking about some of those, you know, don't get taken advantage of situations. You know, it just wasn't going anywhere. So I had to get out. Uh, moved to Arizona. And then to shorten this up, you know, that job, or sorry, that school had an internship, went to LA, moved back to Arizona for a connection I had back in Arizona, back to Kansas City for personal reasons, and then got a call from an old buddy at that LA job. Uh, I used to work for Steven Slate Drums, if anybody's familiar with that out there. Loved it. I'm a, I'm a musician. I try to be anyway. I am uh, love tracking and recording music instruments, uh, drums, things like that. So I worked for Steven Slate Drums as his assistant for a long time. And uh, one of his main guys called me back a few years later, said, hey, you want to travel for road as a product specialist? Just as you said, you know, I lovingly call it the mic geek. I just I, I have no sales commission position. Uh, my position is not a sales commission position. I loved road before that when I was at Crass, as we shorten it up to Conservatory Recording Arts and Sciences, uh, they had road microphones. They were some of the first microphones that we could get our hands on. So I fell in love with the company years before I ever thought might be a job that I would do in the industry. So uh, moved back to LA and I've been there for the last uh, uh, ooh, almost eight years now. So been doing this for a road for eight years. You've, through and through the audio is, seems to be a part of, of you. And, you know, I think one thing that is at the ethos of, of this show and why I feel passionate specifically about podcasting is that it gives people a platform to go after the things that they really enjoy or to talk about the things that they enjoy. And it seems like you you know, the universe was was helping you in lots of ways by, you know, dating the, the right girl at the right time. Like you got to you got to love that. It just kind of throwing you into that even before you had an education. But I think it's a it's a testament to your your self-awareness and, and something that we try and preach is a wrong word here. But we find as a theme that we talk about in, you know, really knowing yourself and kind of being successful. Well, what is marketing so, if not communicating to others uh, your purpose and what you're doing? Right. I mean, you could say I marketed myself pretty, pretty well. And I joke with my fiance about that all the time. Just, you know, putting it out there in the world. This is what I do. And also knowing what you do goes a long way, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I know I've had my challenges trying to, you know, find what that was. And I think that for a long time, you know, anyways, that's a whole different conversation. Let's talk about mics because it is a, it's obviously something that people think about in the podcasting space because, you know, there's so many guides and there's so many how to, you know, there's so many how to's and videos on whatever. But what I've, what I've found is that there's two things that happen. The first is that there's like the, the put their, their head in the sand kind of people and they just, you know, avoid it. Those people end up, you know, maybe and don't start or they don't even they don't even look into it. So they just get the first thing that they see, something that works, and then they move, you know, go on. Um, the second part, which I fell into, which is a little bit maybe more dangerous, is I I did some initial research and I bought what I could at the time, but then. <laughs> For me, five years went by and I never upgraded my sound. I never re-went back to that place and revisited the importance of it. So for you, you know, in the people that you're talking to, the clients, whoever you're working with, what 
I have my own thoughts, but on sound, why sound quality is important. But for you, what is what is the reason why someone should even spend time with it? Right? Someone might say, "Well, I'm not, I'm not a techie. I'm not, a, you know, a nerd. I'm not, I'm not into equipment. Why is it worth spending some time or putting some thought into these things?" Absolutely, and it's one of those things that goes right back into that conversation of marketing. But it's, I'll put it simply from the standpoint of film because it's one of the ones that we understand the most. Hollywood has trained us to understand good sound and to the point of if you go watch a movie you're not gonna it will not be the same movie just go youtube like wrong audio for movies i've seen a couple memes of this like recently but basically you can just go like watch the witcher a new you know action show where you know guys sword fighting and then they put like a very upbeat like fun queen song behind it and you're like oh (laughs) that's a different mood uh audio tells a story and our brains, and so getting a little nerdier with it, we do so much of our ears and eyes subconsciously that we don't even know that it's happening. So if you're that person who's just like, just tell me what it is and I'll go do it, uh, you need either a, a budget or somebody employed, <laughs> right? And and I'm, let me back up on that too. You can absolutely just go and buy the stuff, plug it in, and most cases it's going to work or the help for you is going to be out there. But if you're a person who doesn't really do the research, talk talk about like looking at the manual or even just trying to find 15 different YouTube videos instead of the one person saying like, if you don't have this microphone, then you're just done. And in every class I do, I always apologize for saying it depends because you mentioned one or two customers there. You know, I teach retailers. That's kind of the primary role of the product specialist in the U.S. is the pe- we're a distribution channel. We're a wholesaler. So that's the U.S. office. And so guitar centers, Best Buys, small mom and pop shops, like they have to then sell that product. It makes sense as to why I'm not really a, a commission salesman because I'm not on the floor necessarily. You know, you might meet me at a, an event or something like that and I got gear to sell. But for the most part, I'm going to tell you basically what's right for you. And if it's not going to work for you, I'm also going to tell you because I don't want it to be bad when you get it right? You got a bad room. I'm going to tell you you got a bad room. You're di- too far away from the microphone. I'm going to tell you you're too far away, you know, on and on and on. Also, the other thing that I like to do is tell people that, you know, hey, you're using this thing you already have incorrectly. If you do these things technique-wise to upgrade it, maybe you don't need to, you know, go buy a bunch of stuff. And that's the other thing too, is it, it's a it's very much an artistic relationship as well as a techie relationship. So you have to ask yourself, I got off on a tangent a little bit there. Your question was, why is why should these people be concerned about it? And that's because you are telling a story just like Hollywood. If you can't tell that story, if your customers cannot hear you or they're irritated by you, and I, that sounds harsh, but like think about, I'll just use one that's very, very common, mastering a final file. If you don't know what mastering is, it's that last bit of EQ and compression and leveling to make you louder, to make you clearer, to make you sound that final finishing touch. We do that in most people understand it in CDs and, and music. You know, you have to get something to a certain level before Spotify will take it. Or, you know, back in my day, CDs could print them, you know, and that's not really a thing anymore, but mastering very much is. So if I go into my car and I put on a podcast and it's quiet, I have to turn up my radio. And then what happens when that podcast shuts off? Your radio just blows your eardrums up. And that is irritating. That hurts. That's not a good thing. So considering just a few things, even if you're not a tech, and finding the right you know, connections or avenues to make that happen for yourself. There's a lot of software out there these days that even do it automatically. So knowing that that's a thing you need to do and then just finding the best way to achieve it for you is crucial to tell your story. Yeah. 
I came from the design, well, social media-ish space, website design, that, that area of Facebook ads, where the visual element is so important to the consumption of it. And there is oftentimes a breakdown in consumption, meaning like someone just tunes it out or scrolls past it if it doesn't look a certain way or have a, a certain visual standard, if you will. And as more and more people are starting to consume audio and more and more creators are getting into the audio space, that same that same thing is happening there where what you're talking about is if you don't have the right sound quality, someone is just going to go listen to something else and they're going to find something else. And it's a more important thing than maybe it was two or three years ago, right? There's so much, you know, development happening with sound quality and the quality of earphone headphones and, you know, all you know people listening to stuff in the ear, right? And so there's just a a heightened importance of it. People ask that question all the time about headphones. You know, it's just, it's, it's a very small thing. And if you want discretion, there are plenty of things. I mean, how many concerts have you been to where you're like, well, they, they're not wearing headphones. They actually are. You just can't see them as well. And yeah, you're a lot farther away than say on your head. I do this because I'm an audio engineer. These are professional studio tracking headphones. I'm not necessarily using them for mixing or finalizing audio i'm using them for this right here recording which is often known as tracking in the industry right um but you're absolutely correct I, i'm a guitarist you know and and if i jump on youtube and people think well you're the audio guy so you're gonna have those standards well no youtube's done a lot of research on this because they want people watching their videos throughout right more ads more dollars and if you're a guitar teacher and i can't hear what you're saying to teach me you could be the best guitarist in the world it doesn't matter too much. Now there's this, I don't even know what the curve is, but you know, if, if your story is really good, cause that's what you see on all the podcast forums is if, if you have the content, cool, but you got to remember that there's 50 million pieces of content out there. It's probably been done and that sounds so pessimistic, but you know, the way you deliver it is crucial. The image in which you're delivering it could be crucial. Uh, and Hollywood uses that artistically where they even degrade a, an image quality so that it makes you feel a thing. And then music, audio, dialogue. Dialogue being number one. If I can't understand what you're saying, why am I watching you? So you got to keep all of that in mind. But yeah, if I'm watching the, you know, a guitarist on YouTube, I probably only make it like five, 10 seconds before I go, can't really hear the guitar. I'm out. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Let's get into, I just saw a poll on LinkedIn today that and i don't i don't know that it had all the options i'm not even going to share the options because i'd rather give your options but it said you know what is the best kind of a microphone for a podcaster and it had you know one of them was a usb mic and then it had you know kind of a standard microphone or you know had some of these options so for you in your in your head i know we talked about it kind of before what are the, the kind of the main categories of mics right we have usb you know the pod mic actually needs a you know its own kind of separate interface in order to go into the computer and so, you know, that I'd imagine that that's a little bit different than obviously a USB one. But what are some of the main categories that podcasters can be looking in terms of microphones? I, I love this question, but I got to I got to go back to remember I said, I apologize for it depends, right? And I think we did touch on that a little bit more when we talked last. But for everybody watching currently, I won't even hesitate an XLR dynamic microphone. If you're looking for professionalism on a budget, it's gotten so affordable these days, you can buy a $99, $150 interfaces. That's the device you were talking about where you take a, an XLR microphone. So the pod mic is an XLR microphone. It's the industry standard connector. And so the idea here is um, 
<laughs> I could get super nerdy, but I'm not gonna, is it's just a higher quality signal running full full bore. You know, I'm a Midwesterner, so I just that's the thing we say. Just it's all out. You know, everything that's ran into that microphone goes through that cable, stays full fidelity, doesn't get interrupted. It can run hundreds of feet and wireless and USB and, and digital can cause interference and problems and things like that. If you've ever tried to connect a USB microphone and it's plug and play. I don't mean this as an insult to anybody because I'm about to tell you, because I said it depends. I'm about to tell you what's, you know, picking what's right for you, right? I automatically, like if you're talking to me and you're like, I got to tell the right story, the correct story well, then I'm going to tell you from the start, dynamic broadcast quality microphone with a decent interface. And on every forum, on every conversation after that, it's, you know, what if it's not loud enough? You know, how do I get clean gain? Uh, I'm actually using a cloud lifter right now, even though the Rodecaster Pro, which I'm using, is 55 dB a gain. So, I mean, industry standard for radio is 60 dB a gain. So it's it's got a lot of gain. But dynamic microphones tend to be more, you know, hungry, as we say. And uh, there's very little times in dialogue where clean gain is bad. So why not? You know, but going back like to that budget, gain, what does that translate to? That's, in the that's sound? a good point. So uh, volume is a very basic way of saying gain. Okay. So in, in what's called signal flow, we have a path that the audio goes through, right? So microphone to XLR cable over to the audio interface. Well, that audio interface is your first stage of gain, uh, often known as a preamp. And it's, this is where it gets confusing because the it used to be that you would actually have a piece of gear that was just a preamp, but these things were like the size of a room, you know, in World War II when things were really coming around for like radio frequencies and microphone upgrades and things like that. You know, things were getting built back then because, you know, it had to be back then uh, for certain things going on. And so that gain, that from the microphone, which is a very small voltage, if you want to be nerdy with me, uh, it's very small voltage. And that jump up to what is known as line level so it's microphone level to line level, that gap, that distance is huge as far as voltage. We're talking millivolts to volts. And line level is often referred to as the usable level. So we can actually pass it in and out of devices fairly easily without adding noise, without needing more volume or things like that. So that first step is very crucial. So what let, I'm talking let about... In, let me jump in and try and translate here because I think you're you're talking some really good stuff. So, But one thing I want to hopefully you can clarify is if you don't, like let's say this one is a dynamic microphone. Last time we were talking, I had I had a, just a straight USB one. And what what did you notice were some of the issues or challenges? And you don't have to speak if you can't remember back of our conversation. But can you talk a little bit more about what might happen if someone chooses, you know, to go through with just a, a regular USB because they're not getting that same gain or they're not getting that same voltage? What happens to the audio? The audio becomes noisier, plain and simple. And so I'm going to talk about a couple different ones. But to go back and reiterate your question, my first thing is a dynamic XLR microphone with a good interface. Secondarily, if you're on a tighter budget, a USB microphone is wonderful. I'm still going to talk about a dynamic USB microphone. Unfortunately, Rode doesn't currently have one. But my first stipulation for podcasting is type of microphone. And those are things like dynamic, condenser, ribbon. Right. We've a lot of us have heard of those words. We're not really sure what they are, but a dynamic microphone is harder to move. It moves a voice coil across the magnet. And all you need to know is that it's heavier. So when I talk into it, those small voltages just they don't translate as well. So it's a less sensitive microphone. So it automatically is harder to push. So right now I'm running my air conditioner. Right now I have a fan. I'm in I'm in my home office, right? So like there's been some concessions that I've made that in a professional studio would be frowned upon, but 
we're talking about averages here in the podcast world in covid realities and things like that where you're locked in your home office like you're making some concessions let's be honest so i like the air on but my air is also away from the microphone and it's not cranking right if my air conditioner unit was right in front of me it would just be this you know going on or the wind blowing across my microphone way worse well, I audio than when I was in my last place, we lived right by a freeway. And I just thought that the, you know, I just thought it was the freeway and that was, you know, I had to just deal with it. And it had this that was just constantly in the background. And when I took it out in post, um, I ended up sounding like a robot, you know, because it had to take out some of those those lower. And it, yeah, I don't know what it did, but I just, yeah. my voice ended up sounding kind of weird and distorted. And when I switched over, it was just so much, so much clearer, right? And, and I think what you're saying is that you're not going to get that crisp sound um in in the, the the right you know in the right volume right you what i what i found i told my wife actually i'm realizing is like i recorded a, a podcast the other day and i didn't have to like yell into my microphone for it to sound good right is that kind of is that kind of what you're saying yeah right, right. like in other microphones you would have to talk a certain volume in order to get a crisp sound for it to pick it up whereas here the it's it's a little more receptive, but it's also you talked about it being dynamic, so it's also a little harder. Uh, so I'll clarify that up just a touch as well in that microphone type conversation because it is dynamic, it is going to be harder to pick up. So if I back up, it will in fact be less distinguishable, less clear as as you're like screaming. You'd have to scream more at the microphone to really get that to happen on a dynamic microphone. And these are not rules by any means. OK, it very much depends. But, you know, staying within a foot right now, I probably look farther than I am. I'm I mean, I'm talking like a fist, you know, and I, I pointed it this way so I can talk at the camera Oh, past the microphone. So right there past uh, the P's, the plosives, things like that. You know, this mic does have an internal pop filter. I've found that like it's a $99 microphone, you know, so it's very budget friendly. If I put that right in front of those P's, it's it's hyped and accepting its gain level. It's so like I said, like its volume that it can accept is is a little stronger than some things like an SM7B, an RE20. Those are industry pro standard microphones at 400 bucks, 350, you know, and those also have more pop filters, bigger pop filters and things like that. But with a simple change in technique, you can actually make that happen. But I'm still close to this dynamic microphone. Let's switch to a condenser microphone because Type of microphone is number one. If I switch to a condenser microphone, the common strategies for using a condenser microphone is I can't have it close to my face. I don't want it in the shot. Uh, so they're more of a cosmetic or directorial uh, pick, right? Choice. The first complaint is why is it so noisy? Why do I sound bad? Why do I sound thin? It's because you're not closer to the microphone. One of my favorite mantras for every class I do is it's not about how far from the microphone you can get. It's how close you can get the microphone without ruining your shot. Same thing goes for these headphones. I chose to put them in here because they are functional. Keep your voice coming back to me out of my microphone. No echo, things like that. No speakers running right now. And then the microphone is close to me and going back in and it's in the shot. I'm an audio guy, right? So showing you a microphone and professional headphones is part of my gig, right? And after that, you know, if you're a streamer, you're on Twitch, you're, you're doing something for your business that's more active, like uh, advertisement video, right? Or um, kind of like a, you know, a hype video commercial. That's, you know, the word, right? Where you're maybe interviewing somebody, but you're 15 feet back, you need a wireless lavalier microphone, something like that. So all these are words that, you know, I, I'd be happy to answer if you feel uh, necessary, but a condenser microphone is going to pick up things more accurately but 
they're going to be picking up all the things. So a condenser micro first and foremost is way more sensitive than a dynamic microphone. So all that level we were talking about earlier, our preamp gain, a condenser microphone does not need it nearly as much. It's why you find that condenser microphone, or I'm sorry, USB microphones are condensers because they have more gain and then a computer's preamp. So when you plug in a USB microphone, the first downfall is that you're kind of depending heavily on the computer to do a lot of the legwork and it's just not as good at it as somebody who just makes audio interfaces. So the thing we forget about in the digital age, I was lucky enough to be just on the cusp of learning analog audio, the old way of doing it, if you will, which was wires. You moved a fader, that sent something down a wire to another location. You had to follow that wire. There's so much that's built into these devices these days that you need to know that that's happening, but you never touch it. It's, our, it's just doing it for you. So computers are very guilty of that, but inside of a computer is a preamp, even though you never go over to that knob and really grab it. If you do go and grab it, it's going to be inside of your software, your operating system, like settings. So that's kind of where your preamp is, but they do it differently. It's, it's kind of a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none type situation. They do so much inside of a computer that they're not going to do it as good as Rhodes AI1, Rodecaster Pro, uh, Focusrite's real popular, things like that. You're just not going to get the same quality there. So what's the next thing after type of microphone? It's going to be the, the space from said microphone. How far away are you placing that microphone? If it has to be further than a couple feet, maybe one foot, I don't recommend a dynamic microphone. You're just now into a condenser microphone. So what's the first problem that happens with a condenser microphone, whether it's USB or XLR? the room gets introduced to it. This fan that's blowing that air is all of a sudden way louder because that microphone is so much more sensitive. That fan from my computer is so much more aggressive, right? And uh, you have to acknowledge that those things are going to come into your recording if you want that other feature. If you want to get farther from the microphone for visual effect, you're going to have to customize your room to make it sound a little bit better. That's a great point. You know, one thing that maybe we didn't talk about before is why recording your podcast on something like Zoom is not is not the best idea. And, you know, I think you might end up recounting a lot of the things that you just talked about. But that was a big reason why I or just it's a, it's a thing I find so many people doing. It's kind of the the industry standard, at least it's it, it was, you know, two or three months ago, that's kind of shifting. And we're doing this on Riverside. And uh, shout out to the Riverside team. I, I think that they're a great team. And so I don't have any any problem shouting them out and making this happen. Heard but, wonderful but, things about them out in my side of things. Yeah. Yeah. They are are really, really doing great things. Zoom, however, you know, was really built for a different, built for totally something different. And when you get the audio of a Zoom recording, not only do you not get, you know, separate tracks and separate files, but it's just a different level of quality. So what's happening with something like Zoom? I imagine you talk about it, it's a lot of the same kind of things that you're not getting with these, you know, this hardware that you have. Yeah. But um, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, it, first of all, it's a nightmare. So I feel for everybody out there. But at the same time, I feel for the team at Zoom. I feel for the team at Skype. I feel for the team at Microsoft Teams, you know, on and on and on the list goes, right? Like, again, I, I, I don't think many of these companies and I apologize, I don't know the stats. But I, I mean, I never heard of Riverside before that I had never heard of StreamYard before that I had never heard of, oh, I got to have at least one more who's give me one more, you know, um, uh, I think there is like, uh, there's a bunch out there, right? Like, I mean, when COVID hit, you know, uh, we're a year and a half now since that kind of 
Microsoft Teams, the other big, they're the they're the big. But never well, I meant like the professional, you know, like the ones who very pretty much just market themselves to podcasters and. Oh, like- uh, Welder is another one. I don't know if you've heard of Welder. Shout out to Alex. Um, Welder is a. Uh, they are. They've got a new thing coming out on Product Hunt, and they're doing a lot. They're doing. They're making their swing in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I apologize to anybody that I forgot. You know, I've like yeah. I said I talked to. Uh, so many customers that are just using a different one every time. And as as a tech, I talk about it the way an analog audio engineer would talk about it, right? Where it's, you have an input, it's got to go somewhere. How many places does it go and how do I get them there, right? Like that distribution, as we call it, like I was talking about, like my microphone goes into a Rodecaster Pro. I just send the Rodecaster Pro to Riverside. Riverside does things with it. So I am currently recording directly to my Rodecaster Pro. And I have had too many video calls where it's, sync issues, right? So one of the things that I do love about some of the professional streaming services that are trying to do their best to capture solid audio in separate from this whole streaming concept is that they're doing what I'm doing here, right? If I record this locally and my camera is set to 4824, which it is because that matches my Rodecaster Pro as well. So it minimizes my chance of sync issues, but you're recording something different than I am. And so if I send that to you, now all of a sudden there's a conversion and things can drift or things can get out of sync. So video adds a whole nother concept, but let's just take the video out of it for a second and just say audio, right? Every single person who does a podcast and everyone that I personally do uh, for my private company that's not road related. With road, I teach this stuff. But freelance, I do it to stay relevant, to, to keep working in the industry. But um, not a lot, not a lot. But every single client that comes to me and they just want a consult, just like, hey, how do I do this? It's like, well, your audio is separate. You, you put it into something local to you. And, well, I'm calling somebody over in Kentucky and I'm in Kansas. Yeah, you do it and they do it. <laughs> and guess what? You also do it on Riverside. You also do it on Skype. You also, you, redundancy is so important. Even if I'm locally, like if we get together at a coffee shop to do another interview, right? Um, I'm bringing my roadcaster. You got a mic, I got a mic, and I'm going to do what's called multi-tracking. I'm going to record your mic by itself. I'm going to record my mic by itself. So many people saying, well, why not just put it together and what it comes out is what it comes out as? Well, because it might be bad in post. And I'm never trying to fix it in post. I might try to enhance it in post. Well, I know I'll enhance it in post. but Going live, you have certain limitations, as you know, right? We're streaming to LinkedIn and what's going there is what's happening and what you're going to get, right? So you try to optimize it as much as humanly possible. And if you want to get into the conversation someday of live sound and how thorough it is that make sure everything that happens in that live sound performance is optimized, uh, it's ungodly amounts of money and teams and efforts and all the things. So yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you can just brush it off and be like, I just want to record it and have it plop out. That's, that's your uh, prerogative. You get to do what you would like to do. But as an audio engineer, if you come back to me and say, well, that wasn't good enough, I'm going to tell you the other couple of things that you can do to optimize that. And yeah, it's going to take a little more time. It's going to take a little more effort. But things like the Roadcaster Pro and like Riverside are trying to, they're tools to try to optimize everything in a live way prior to you having to do it in post. It's just helping you get there before you have to then go finalize it. So it's crucial that you consider those things, even if you're not a tech, right? Yeah, this has been a wealth of information, Ryan. And I think we're going to need to come back and do a part two because there's so much here and we could dive into each of these things and go on, you know, 
a 45 minute. Tangent. Absolutely. And I apologize. Really Cause I get, as you can tell, I get going and I don't want to intimidate anybody out there. Like there are very few rules. I've already repeated like three of them just in like three different, three very different questions, you know? And if you just consider those, those few rules, one, you're then knowledgeable to where you can break them strategically, right? It's, it's like, Hey, I know these rules. I can do a few other things to be an original or to do artistic things. But uh, if you don't know those rules in the first place, then you're going to be lost. But I, I joke in my classes that, you know, uh, this camera that I'm using has a manual this big and people doing video or trying to do like even a podcast will, will read that manual front to back. But the audio section is this, this big. <laughs> so the audio is also other than it being an artistic endeavor, um, it, it's very few rules once you get down into it. So dive into it. And, and I think you'll be happier for it too. It'll make your life a little, little more sane on this, this, uh, audio front. Yeah. So just to give some recommendations, some simplifications, if you will, uh, the first, the first thing is like, you know, if you can get get something going, right. And now oftentimes that's going to be a USB. Those oftentimes are, are more affordable, but we talked about some of the challenges that come along with it. And so the recommendation is getting some sort of dynamic XLR mic that, um, you know, you can, I would recommend the pod mic because it is, it's affordable. It's great. It hooks up to the boom that I already had here. I, I loved that it didn't have, um, or it didn't need a pop filter, which is, you know, for those who don't know, it's, it's like that, you know, I had a foam thing that I put over my last one or some people have like a screen, but it has a built-in one there. And then what you will need is you'll need to get, you know, one of these just kind of audio standard cords, you know, kind of industry standard cords that plugs into, forgive me, what is the uh, hardware piece that it plugs into? I have the, the Rode A1. So yeah, the hardware piece is an audio interface. And that's funny enough, Rode does a really good job with this and uh, naming things what they are. So AI1 is the Rode audio interface one, AI1. And uh, what that is, is that that's the converter box if you will, that does a couple different things. It's a preamp to boost your microphone up to a usable level. It's your audio interface, meaning it communicates with a computer so that the computer can understand it, right? So when I go into, uh, we're on Google Meets right now. Uh, no, we're not, we're on Riverside. Uh, you sent me a link and a different thing. Sorry, we're on Riverside right now. So I tell Riverside to use the AI1 as the input. And then if I'm using headphones through the AI1, I would just tell Riverside to use the AI1 out. And so it's communicating between the operating system and software to um, make that audio go into a digital space, which is your computer. And you've got a couple of options there, which are, you have the AI one, which is just a rather simple interface. You know, it's got a few knobs on there, kind of, do, you know, real one channel, headphone amplifier, microphone input. It's like, boom, you plug it in, you're ready to go. Yep. What I've seen Rode um, promote quite a bit is their, is Rode it the Pod Roadcaster Pro. Pro or yeah. the Podcast? Or they have a, they have like a smaller one and then they have this like bigger one. Uh, not, um, not yet. We only got the one, you know, so I, the, I feel like I've seen a, uh, okay. So talk about that. Probably, talk about probably what, what that a competitor. Is. Yeah. When, oh, when the Roadcaster okay. Pro came out, it changed the industry. And I know that sounds like, you know, uh, well, that's when I, that's when kind I of like a humble to, brag to from like the road side of things. But like, I, I called road Australia, a couple of good friends, uh, our, our international sales manager, everything and just said, Hey man, like I'm talking to people about podcast stuff all the time and it's, it's getting hot and I don't really have a good solution inside a road for them. You know, we've, we've done the studio market. We've killed the video market. Like we just, our, our bread and butter is video microphones, right? So we actually have a line called the video mics. And so we'll, we'll get that a little bit in podcast space too. Like, Hey, I got a video micro up on top of my camera and, and I'm trying to get 
professional podcast audio. It's like, okay, well, we need to get you a couple other devices to make that a little bit better. But but we killed it in that space, you know, and then live sound and into professional film and stuff like that. But podcasting was broadcast, podcast, stuff like that was just kind of like a couple microphones here and there, nothing really crazy. And he said, just hang tight. We got you. I was thinking like a bundle, like, okay, we're going to have like another audio interface, small, whatever, like the AI one, maybe a two channel one, and then a couple microphones do a bundle. No, they came out with the Rodecaster Pro, which is an entire podcast studio. You have compression and EQ, all these things that when you hire me as an audio engineer, you get me doing behind the scenes. You don't know that I'm putting things to enhance your audio, remember? And so the Rodecaster Pro actually has that plugged into the box. So it's 600 bucks. It actually has thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars inside the box. The other thing that they added, there's three things actually that people didn't do before this on these consoles, which was how do you bring in a phone line? Well, it used to be a bunch of gear that you had to buy to do a third party and then USB and Bluetooth. So we actually just put those onto this board, made them functional the way I would have done it, but it's in the board, right? Instead of having to run those wires, it's just there. You pull a fader up, maybe change a couple things in the menu, it's done. So I'm, like I said, like, I counted it up one time as far as like the gear that you'd have to buy to make the Roadcaster Pro work without the Roadcaster, and it's near $5,000, right? So the, the board is 10%, <laughs> you know, of what it would cost you to do the, the stuff that they give you inside the board, and they've advanced it every single update and so on and so forth. Um, I'm just a fan of the piece, right? Uh, it started out as a very basic, uh, the joke is, you know, mom and dad could do a podcast. That's my joke, not anything from a road poster anywhere. But, you know, I could, I feel 100% confident that I could teach my dad how to use the Roadcaster Pro, even today. And he's not going to do anything with audio ever, right? And that was the goal, was something very simple. But even professionals are using it now to the point of like live radio shows, et cetera. And it's, it's a powerhouse. So you have the option in a very simplistic AI one all the way over to a Rodecaster Pro. You got the spectrum of choices and so forth. And even now, Rode came out with, so the NT-USB Mini is a $99 USB condenser microphone. Got to remember the condenser part. So a, uh, a USB condenser microphone at 99 bucks. And we have Rode Connect now. So Rode Connect is a software emulation is kind of what you could call it, right? I mean, I used to work for Slate and they didn't like the word emulation, but the idea here is that inside of software, you can basically have a Rodecaster Pro. So all the same functionalities, you can plug multiple USB microphones into your computer, which wasn't a thing before Rode Connect. Not really, there were workarounds. So all you professionals out there, yes, there were ways to do it, but now it's hopefully the goal would be just plug and play with four USB microphones and you're doing your podcast, but it's a condenser. So you gotta like be cautious of your room and things like that. So Rodecaster Pro is what you're looking at. I love it. And I, I just saw some of the, the stuff come out about Road Connect. And so selfish question, if I'm recording into Riverside, mm -hmm. do I, is it, is it replacing Riverside? Is it instead of, or in addition to? Should so I, both. Is it just redundancy? Redundancy first and foremost, right? I said if I, in my classes, going back to that video class, because that's one of the hard parts about video is capturing things in real time that are usable in post, because that's a lot of what film is, is capture it live, what's called production audio, and then enhance it in post to where it is usable for something that has like a Hollywood standard. Hollywood replaces a ton of their audio in the final production. So how do we do that for a live stream? Well, you can't. How do you do that for um, even just a podcast? You know, you can a lot more. But the thing I'm getting at is I will record every single microphone that I have on set inside of film, right? So if I have, uh, I have an H5 recorder from Zoom, has a stereo microphone on top, two ports on the bottom. Those two ports are going to be things like lavaliers or shotgun microphones. 
uh, boom pole operator, you know, and then that stereo microphone's still going to be on. I could seriously be using my iPhone and either one of the Rode video mics or just the microphone on it. I'm going to use all the techniques I've told you, getting that microphone closer, optimizing the noise or minimizing the noise would be the way to optimize it right around it. Um, I, I quite literally took an iPhone and plopped it into my brother's pocket when he proposed to his now wife because my sister's like, oh, I'm going to film this. And I'm like, why didn't you tell the audio guy you're going to film this? What are you doing? I can't can't do this from it was outdoors at a baseball game. So it's like, oh, no, what do I do? So I just hit record on the voice memos app for Apple, plopped it into his pocket. Perfect audio. Unfortunately, her video didn't go right. <laughs> so it never happened. But I had good audio of that moment, right? That's all I'm getting at. There's a few techniques, few rules. Once you learn those, you'll know them with whatever tool you're using. And Rhodes hit it there to optimize your results. Every step you make. And I'll give you one more analogy that I always give in my classes, and it's completely irrelevant to audio, but I'm a, I'm a motorcycle rider. And the first thing I did uh, upon buying a motorcycle, which was a stock motorcycle, no windshield, nothing, was buy a helmet. My mom would kill me otherwise, right? So instead of the road getting me, it, you know, my mom would have got me, but I bought a full mask, full face helmet, you know, and the first thing it did was like, allow me to see it blocked the wind. Then I got a jacket. Okay. It's going to save me from the road. You know, you, you plan for the fall, not the ride. Right. So, uh, there's a saying in motorcycle world for, world for that. So I wasn't just getting the jacket to protect myself in case of a fall. I was getting the jacket because it also dispersed the wind way better than just like my chest did. So got that. It was easier to ride. Then I got a windshield and boom, just dispersed everything. I was just cruising. I was on cloud nine. So that's the same concept with that. You're, you're looking for the tools that enhance your world, enhance the ride, like just because somebody told you to or not. So it's, it's a combination of technique and tools. So the Roadcaster Pro versus even the AI one is the Roadcaster Pro is going to give you those tools to do a better job. But if you don't know how to use them, I never recommend you buy it, right? Get the AI one, increase from where you are, and then move forward. But don't just sit at the AI one and forget about the rest. Don't don't just get into the spot. Now, if it's doing work for you, you're making money and you need no, you have no desire to uh, advance that for whatever reason, more power to you. But as you said, even you realized like later you needed to upgrade that, right? In my personal opinion, I felt like you were also using the, the wrong microphone for your situation. So that's a crucial upgrade need. If you never get out of your box, and look at those things, you'll never know that you need to upgrade. So keep educating yourself, keep realizing what the tools are. You see that cool thing on uh, LinkedIn that's just like, what the heck's the Roadcaster Pro? Just go read about it real fast. Watch a couple YouTube videos and then you'll be fine. You know, you'll, you'll at least know. This has been uh, super educational. Um, yeah, I'm glad to hear Super it. informative. So sorry and, for the uh, nerd talk. <laughs> well, what's good is that when there's someone passionate about nerdiness, you know, I think that that makes it fun. We so. all we all need a little bit of give and take, right? I need the artists, and they need me as a tech. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why my wife is here. There you um, go. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, I wouldn't make it out the house sometimes. <laughs> I feel young, guys. Man. If you guys have any questions um, about this stuff, the the best place, Ryan. I mean, in terms of road, it's you know just kind of go into your big box stores or or. What you know, my, even mom and pop shops. I mean, it's they're, they're carried a lot of places, right? Where absolutely, where should people look for this stuff? Uh, so, uh, road.com is going to be the first place that I, I send everybody one for the education factor, right? Just figuring out exactly what it is that you need and what we offer and uh, what you might need 
after you buy the thing, right? Uh, especially things like a Rodecaster Pro or AI1. Hey, if I buy this microphone, what else do I need? Well, you need an XLR microphone, you need a stand, things like that. So Rode.com, huge resource. We just came up with what's called the Learning Hub now for a lot of these things in the podcast world. And it's it's exactly what you would think of it. It's Rode's personal YouTube, right? Just videos about how do I enhance my sound on a Rodecaster Pro? Um, how do I use Rode Connect more efficiently or better? And then, uh, of course, our retailers are going to learn those things from us as well. So they're always great uh, assets. So our big boys are going to be things like Guitar Center, Best Buys, B&Hs. And then go to your local mom and pop shop. Support those those people as well. We are across the nation, everywhere. So many small shops even. So uh, if you go to road.com again, and up in the top right-hand corner, there's a where to buy. You can go straight to the product, find the pump, punch in your zip code, and you can find those shops, whether they're large or small. We got you covered. Online is also a great place for everything uh, you could think of in that space too. Uh, one disclaimer, Amazon, just make sure it's not a fulfilled by Amazon necessarily because a fulfilled by Amazon could be anybody. And Rode is very strict about, well, I wouldn't call it strict. We're just cautious about making sure they're a reputable road dealer. We don't want anybody and everybody out there taking advantage of our customers and so forth and our products. So if you see on our website, the big pink banner, that is a disclaimer saying, hey, fulfilled by Amazon does not mean they're reputable. Go to our site, make sure whoever you're buying it from on Amazon is a reputable road dealer or as I said, just go to one of your mom and pop shops. They're they're gonna uh, take care of you very very well at at those places. So, thank you, man, for doing this. I appreciate you coming on, and spending some time with the MYP fam. And um, I don't know if you can get connected with Ryan. You have to like find him, like in in real life or something like that. No, you can't uh, get connected with Ryan. If you're interested, Ryan White at Road com. R O D E. I love it. Thanks, dude. And um, I encourage you guys go get just go get into the road world. There's so much resource, so many resources and um, some great products out there that are affordable, you know, and I think one of the reasons that I wanted to have them on is it seemed like they it, it at least seemed and it seems like they do really care and understand what the podcaster is going through and trying to help, you know, help them create really is really what it comes down uh, to. I love so. that you said that we love creators and we're here for you. You heard it. (laughs) Guys, go subscribe and follow wherever you can. And we will see you guys on the next episode of the MYP Show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Your Podcast Show. If you enjoyed this interview, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes with some fantastic guests. If you have any questions, we encourage you to go and find me on LinkedIn. And if you want more podcast resources, go to www.amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com for more podcast marketing resources. We hope you're having an amazing day and we can't wait to host you on the next episode of the Marketing Your Podcast Show.